pray. Father, may we always be about the business of telling the world about the treasure that we found. God, that's what you've called us to do. That's what you've challenged us to do. That is the story of our life, God, is to share that testimony about what you have done in our lives. And God, how you have transformed us, how you have made us new, how you have taken all the sickness and the illness that was our soul and you have washed it away. Lord Jesus, God, I pray that you would speak to your people now. There are so many people, God, that I've encountered this week that are just heartbroken. God, they're they're just overwhelmed, God, by the weight of this world. And Lord, they just need you. God, I know, Lord, I was in that place at one point in time where I was, it was just this terrible storm that, God, I didn't know what else to do. I didn't know what else to do, but God, you showed me how the only answer is to turn to you. And Lord, there are people, there are people that don't know that. There are even Christians that have forgotten that. So Lord Jesus, God, I pray that you just speak truth to them right now. God, I just pray that you speak your word into their lives. God, may they forever be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. So, uh, obviously, obviously, I'm pretty stirred up today. Um, you know, I tell you that uh, every message I preach, I have to hear it twice. One is when God preaches it to me, and then one is when I give it to you. So, you know, you're supposed to preach it twice, too. Did you know that? You're supposed to hear it twice, too. One is when you hear it from God today, and the next time is when you go and tell somebody else about it. Do you know that? That that's why you're here? That my, my job, according to God's word, is equipping the saints for the work of the kingdom. I'm supposed to stand up here and tell you what God's word says so that you can take that word to somebody else. You understand that, right? You don't have to raise your hand, but I wonder if anybody in here knows somebody that's miserable, that's really sad and really depressed and they feel like they're without hope and they don't know what to do. I wonder if you've ever really talked to them about Jesus and the hope that is found in him. We come in here because we want to remember about that hope, don't we? We, we want to we know about that hope because it makes us feel reassured that he's in control, that, that he loves us and and we know about it, and there are people that we know, and they're hurting, and they don't know about it. It makes me sad. It makes me sad. You wonder why you've hurt sometimes in your life. You wonder why God ever put that stinking tree in the garden to begin with, Right? Maybe, just maybe, it's so that we would have a dependence on him. Oh, 
maybe, just maybe, it was so that when Adam and Eve's kids grew up, they wouldn't just be dependent on their parents. They'd be dependent on that God that mom and dad walked with in the cool of the day. If you look at the story of this book, do you know what it says? You know what it says? I'll tell you. It says we're supposed to depend on him. Not on anything else. Not on anybody else. We're supposed to depend on him. That's what it says. You can read it for yourself. You should read it for yourself. That's what it says. Now, there are people that don't know that. There are people whose lives are shattered. Their marriage is shattered. Their relationships are shattered. And they don't know to come in here to hear about this hope. They don't know that like you do. It's not just an obligation for you to go and tell them. It's a requirement. It's a requirement. Just like it's a requirement for me to stand up here and tell you what God's word says. It's a requirement for you to go and tell those people that you know that are hurting what God's word says. It's a requirement. Don't you feel like God has given you much in the way of hope? Don't you feel like he has given you so much hope that you don't even know what to do with? You know what Jesus says? To whom much is given, much is required. It doesn't say much is obligated. It says much is required. You know, I talk a lot about the time when I was really hurting in my life, and that was the time when my daughter had cancer. And you say, well, why, why do you kind of have to keep putting us through that, Kenny? Why do you have to keep telling us that? Why do you have to? Because my prayer is, is that somebody out there will be hurting, and they'll go like, I hear you, Kenny. I hear you where you found strength. I hear where it is that you found a dependence on God like you never had before. I hear you. And I want to do that. That's why I tell you my testimony. That's why I say it over and over again. That's why I tell you so many stories about my little girl that passed away from cancer. That's why I do it. That's the reason I don't give up. That's the reason I don't give up. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 today. There's this idea, for some reason... And Christians never get sad. And I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. When I hear about Charles Spurgeon, who was one of the greatest preachers in modern time, he talks about his depression. He says, I would weep by the hour like a child. Yet I knew not what I wept for. This is a man who had a great depth of understanding about God's word. And the hope that existed in Christ and in Christ alone. He said, I am the subject of depression so fearful. That I hope none of you ever get to such extremes of wretchedness as I go to. But I always get back again. By this, that I know that I trust Christ.
that I have no reliance but in him. And if he fails, I shall fail with him. But if he does not, I shall not. Because he lives, I shall live also. And I spring to my legs again. And I fight with my, de- fight with my depressions of spirit. And get the victory through it. And so, may you do. And so, you must. For there is no other way of escaping from it. One of the greatest preachers in modern time talking about where he finds his hope. And the only way that he can get up in the morning. And the only way that he can get up and continue on. It's in Christ. The trust in Christ. And we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning of verse 16, we're going to read the end of the, the end of the chapter, then we we'll go back to the middle, and we're going to read the end again. So I'm going to jump around just a little bit, but it's the same passage. So This guy named Paul, he was converted, became a Christian. He used to persecute Christians. He used to have them killed, but now he's a Christian because he had an encounter with God, and Jesus changed him. And now he suffers more than anybody for the cause of Christ. Now in in the passages we read, we talk about how he was beaten with rods for his faith. How he, he was just absolutely covered in scars and bruises because of how he endured for his faith. I I remember one story in the book of Acts where where he was stoned. He was stoned in a city. It's one of my favorite stories where Paul was stoned in the city. So they drug him out of the city because he he looked like he was dead. And they prayed over him. And he stood up. And you know what he did? He walked back into the city where he had been stoned. Y'all, that's supposed to be us. That's supposed to be us. We're not supposed to give up. We're not supposed to give up. It says that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at our troubles. We don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things we now we now see, we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. We continue on because that continuing on will last forever. We don't give up. We don't quit because there's a purpose to our pain. We don't give up because there is a reason that that we're going through what we go through. I mean, Jesus told us that we would have troubles. We would have trials. We would have difficulties. But take heart. I've overcome the world, right? Everybody knows those verses. But why? Why, God, must I go through this pain? Why must I go through this heartache? Why? Why? 
Let's look at one of the great men of the Bible that he says, this is why. Somebody that had been through so much. If you back up in that same passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, you back up to verse 7, it starts like this and it says, We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We are knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus. So that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. And I know... I know that you don't like to hear this. I know that when I read that, I don't like to hear it. That part of the reason I may be struggling, part of the reason I may go through death and illness and sickness and loss is so that people will see in me that there's a great treasure inside of me. That though the weight of the world crushes me, presses in on all sides, yes, I'm fragile, You don't have to look so strong all the time. If you would just quit pretending. If if you would just quit pretending and saying, you know what? I've got the joy of the Lord so I never get sad. Quit that. Stop it. Show people that you're fragile. Show people that, that, you know what? Sometimes, man, it gets heavy. Sometimes we we don't shed tears because we're so afraid that somebody's going to think that we're weak. You are weak. You are weak. Now you can cover it up and you can try to hide it and you can put super glue on it and try to make it look like you aren't. But you are. You're weak and you're fragile. You know how I know this? You know how I know that? It's because every single person in this room is going to die. Every single person in this room is going to die. That's how I know you're weak. That's how I know you're fragile. So I go through stuff, man. I go through a lot of stuff. And I tell you a lot of stuff. And I don't want to tell you stuff sometimes, to be honest with you. And last week I was sitting down there. And I begged God. Please, God, don't make me say that. I begged him. I pleaded with him all week long. See, I can talk about me all day long. I can tell you about my struggles and I can tell you, but God, please don't ask me to talk about my little girl. And I'm talking about Kenneth's sister, Cassie. I don't even know why I'm supposed to share it. Just, I can, the only thing I can think is maybe God wants you to see that I'm fragile. That I'm really fragile. Amen. You talk about a dependence. 
Oh, God. I never had to be so dependent in all my life until the last two weeks of Kenneth's life. I mean, I'm talking about even through the call to ministry. I mean, the number of people I've led to Christ. Yes, I'm incredibly dependent on God for that. But I'm talking about a deep, deep connection with God that I cannot stand God unless you hold me up. That kind of dependence on God. That kind of dependence on God. I was, uh, we actually got to go see Miley Cyrus, you know. We got to see Hannah Montana being filmed and stuff. And I remember uh, Casty used to ask all the time to take a bath with their big sister, you know. That's just what she wanted to do. She was little. She liked hanging out with her big sister. And uh, we were at the Disneyland Hotel in California. And Kenneth didn't like taking a bath with her sister. You know how siblings are. Like, you're annoying, you bother me, I don't want you to be around me, you know. I've got siblings, I know how that is. But uh, I think Kenneth... I think Kenneth knew she was dying. Because uh, she looked at Cassidy and said, the Disneyland Hotel, she said, you can take a bath with me. And Cassidy hadn't even asked. I think she asked every single time Kenneth took a bath. But this time, Kenneth said, you can take a bath with me. And I knew God was at work. Because I knew she realized that she was at the end of her life and she didn't have much time. remember being so dependent on God for every single breath I couldn't I couldn't breathe without him I couldn't breathe without him but I did keep breathing because he was there and he was working and all he did the whole time was make me more and more dependent on him and every single time I come up here and I stand before you and I try my best to deliver God's word in the only way I know how, I have to be so dependent on him. I have to be absolutely connected with him. And he taught me that. He taught me that through that terrible, awful time in my life. He taught me that. I didn't want to learn it. I didn't want to have to get it that way. I mean, I, I would have, you know, I talked to God and I tried to tell him, I was like, look, if, if ministry is my calling, fine, I'll do that. Just don't take her life. No. He taught me a greater dependency on him that uh, I would absolutely need 
in order to be doing what he's called me to do right now. And I'm ashamed to say it, but I couldn't have done it if she would have lived. I wouldn't have learned that lesson if she had lived. I wouldn't have learned it as deeply as I know it now. I wouldn't have learned it if she had lived. I hate that. God, I hate that saying, saying that about myself. But the only thing that I can do is tell you my story about what God has done in my life and just pray somehow that you will see the treasure, the treasure that I hold. That the reason I continue to get up every Sunday morning and come in here and tell you what God's word says is because there is a treasure to be held and it's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. We live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus. So that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death. But this has resulted in eternal life for you. I want you to listen closely to the next part. Please listen closely to the next verse. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith. The psalmist said, had when he said, I believe in God, so I spoke. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be a great thanksgiving, and God will receive more and more glory. I don't know how you can read that and not cry. I want you to notice it says, but we continue to preach. We. Not I. We. Not Kenny. But all of us. Continue to preach. Because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believe in God, so I spoke. Why aren't we speaking if you have hope, if you've been crushed, but, but God is the one that, that held you together. And you've seen that with your own two eyes. And you've developed a greater dependency on God. Why don't you use that to touch somebody else's life? So that they might be able to see the, the light that is within you, the treasure that is within you. You see... It's a glorious thing for me to come up here and be able to preach God's word to you. And be able to see lives impacted through that. 
You think that it's wonderful when, when God speaks to truth into your heart and you're restored and you're renewed and you're given hope like you've never had before and you come down to the altar and you pray and God is good and he just wraps you up in his arms and he says, I'm here for you, I love you, I care for you. But I will tell you, and I'm speaking from experience, the only thing greater than that is when you were able to share that good news with somebody else and you were able to tell them about the love of Christ that you have experienced in a real way. And you see them receive that same reward. You see them receive that same love that you experienced. Oh, I'm so heartbroken that, that we aren't doing that. We just, we just aren't. I mean, like, I know that, that sometimes we get the chance to, and, and, and sometimes we may talk and we may say the name of Jesus, and it, it may seem awkward when we do that, but, but we aren't really talking about it. You know, in our small groups, we started talking about our testimonies. Just, and, and people say, well, what is your testimony? Is it about when you got saved? It's more than that. Yes, is that part of your testimony when you surrendered your heart and life to God? Absolutely, it's part of your testimony. But it is also part of your testimony, the continual process of what God continues to do in your life. The strength that you have that you can only find in Him. That's your testimony. That's your testimony. So we continue to preach. And God's grace reaches more and more people. And there will be a great thanksgiving. And God will receive more and more glory. We go back and read verse 16 again. It says, That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed day by day. For our present troubles are small and won't last long, yet the, they produce for us a glory that, is, that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So don't look at your troubles. Look at the troubles we can see now. But rather, fix your gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things we, now, we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. So I want to tell you really quickly about the last couple of days of her life, I guess. You see, she had spinal fluid building up on her brain. And uh, I mean, she couldn't talk and she couldn't really see and all that kind of stuff. And she just laid there with her eyes closed and uh, they did a procedure where they, they put a needle in and they draw some of the spinal fluid out and they told us that when, uh, when they did that she cried out and she cried out and she said daddy I didn't get to hear it I wasn't there they just told us that's what she did. Now, maybe she was talking about me. Maybe. But I know this. When I heard that, 
when I heard what she had said. And I was so heartbroken. And I was so, I was so torn apart from the inside out that it was the only thing, one thing that I could cry out. And that was Daddy. God's Word tells us that we can call him Abba Father. You know what that means? It means Daddy. The last word she ever said was Abba Father. You see, not only was it tough when we watched the heart monitor stop and her heart stop beating. That was so incredibly difficult that I cannot even describe how difficult it was. But then I had to go home. Cassie was at her grandmother's house and we had to get on our knees. She was asleep in the recliner. And uh, I had to look at her and tell her that her sister was gone. And all I could see right then and there was what was right in front of me. That's all I could fix my eyes on in that moment. And that was the most painful thing. And she looked at me and she said, I didn't know that she was going to be gone so quickly. I didn't know she was going to be gone so quickly. She, she, she didn't anticipate that her sister was about to be gone. And it bothered her. most gut-wrenching thing I've ever had to experience in my life. All we can do is cry out, Daddy. All we can do is, is cry out to Him. That's the only thing I could do in that moment. You're going to have some really difficult times in your life. And your experiences may not be like my experiences. But they're yours. They're yours and they're deep. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. Take that. Let, let the strength of God shine through you. And let them see you're fragile. But you're not crushed. Talk to them. Really talk to them. About the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. And when you do that. When you do that and you start to get a taste of the eternal glory that comes from that, what's right in front of you tends to fade away. And you get a more broad perspective of the eternal. And that's what Paul's talking about. Let's pray. Father, um, Lord, there's nothing else I can say. Lord, you have said everything and Lord, you're doing the work here. So, uh, God, I'm going to stand back and I'm going to let your Holy Spirit work on people. God, if people need to come and they need to pray, they're invited to do that. If they need to fall down on their face where they sit, they're invited to do that. God, whatever you challenge them to do, I pray that they're just obedient to you. Lord, I know there's so many people in here that are hurting. God, I pray that they'll find hope in you today. I, I, I pray that they'll see that there's a purpose to their pain. And Lord Jesus... We just need you. We desperately need you. So God, speak to your people now and rescue them from the place that they're in. In Jesus' name.